The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Once again, welcome to Grace in Focus. Bob Wilkin and Ken Yates are answering a question today. Does the Bible mean anything different when it mentions being born again and when it talks about adoption as sons? What is the significance of adoption in the New Testament? And how does it relate to the believer's walk? Stay tuned for that. Let me just remind you about our website, faithalone.org. I hope you'll go there, see what might be helpful to you there. I also want to encourage you to consider our national conference coming up in May, May the 23rd through the 25th this year. Plan to come, bring your family. It's a family event at a family camp. It'll be a great time, and now is the time to plan to be there. We hope that you can join us. Now to our discussion today, Born Again, Adoption as Sons. Here are Bob and Ken. All right, uh, we have a question, Bob, sent in by Don, and I think it's an outstanding question. And what he's talking about here is, is there a difference between being born again and when the scripture's talking about being adopted as sons. Oh, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I want to hear the, what did he say? Well, he says, it is my observation recently that when people talk about coming to Christ, and I'm assuming there he means believing in Christ, that they use the term adoption more than they use the words born again. For example, I'm adopted into the family of God. If I ask them, they say being born again and being adopted means the same thing. I personally believe that there is a major difference. We are always born again by faith alone in Christ alone for everlasting life. Adoption is more of a, and he puts this in quotes, son placing in that at the time of our new birth in Christ, we are also adopted in that we receive the full rights as sons of God. So the basic question is, is there a difference between in the New Testament when it talks about being adopted as sons and being born again. Yeah, and I should comment that probably Don needs to amend the last part of that question. Would you read again? He said the full rights as sons. Full rights as sons of God. And it probably should say full rights of the firstborn son. Mm -hmm. Because in the Old Testament, the firstborn was the one that had the double portion. The firstborn was the one that had the special privileges. In the sonship passage, and you spoke on this, didn't you, at our national conference? Yeah, there were some issues that came up with this. And one of the issues is, in the New Testament, when it talks about adoption, is this one of those deals where first century adoption, where you adopt someone and they are going to be the one who inherits what you have. And so that's part of the issue here. What right. is, when we look at these passages in Paul's writings, when he talks about that, what does he have in mind? For example, even a person who was not a natural born son could be adopted as a son and receive inheritance rights. Under Roman law. Right. Now, we have what, like four or five different passages? Which yes. Talk, and aren't they all in Paul? Are there any yes. outside of Paul? all of Paul. And one of them, for example, is in Romans 8, 14, and 15. In Romans 8, 14, Paul says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Okay, we probably even need to go back further because in verse 14, when we read, 
led by the Spirit, you have the question, what does that mean? Exactly. A lot of people think this means some kind of mystical experience where God is telling me what parking space to take or what job to take or what person to marry. That's not what it's talking about, is it? No. And we know because of verses 12 and 13. How about going back and reading 12 and 13? Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh. Notice he's talking to believers. Right. Not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Now notice that. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. What kind of death is that, Ken? And it's obviously not eternal death. No. Yeah, it's the... He's talking to believers, and he's saying that we see this in Proverbs all the time. The path of wickedness is the path of death. Exactly. And the path of righteousness is the path of life. And so the way to avoid that as believers is to walk according to the Spirit. So you can experience life. And so basically, if we're walking in the flesh, we're on a path that's going to lead to premature death, and it's going to lead in the interim to pain and suffering unless we repent and get back on the right path. Exactly. Okay, so keep going. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Okay, so the living there is not having eternal life, but that's having extended physical life and the blessings of God, right? It's having fullness of life. Yeah, the abundant life of John 10.10. Well, or it's the life and peace, isn't it, earlier in this passage? For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace? Yes. So it goes back to that same idea. The life and peace is the life in verse 13. Basically, what you have here is it only makes sense to live according to the Spirit, right? Right. But then in verse 14, led by the Spirit means we're putting to death the deeds of the body and walking in the power and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And the the way the Spirit leads us is through the Word of God, not through some impression, not through a prophet, not through, you know, some kind of guesswork, but God shows us through His Word. Right. I think another important issue here is, is there a difference between being a child of God and being a son here, adoption as sons? And in verse 16, it says, the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And he uses a different word. Okay. What's that word there? uh... Uh, Tekna. And that's a completely different word. And so all believers are children of God. And based upon Don's question, I would say all believers are born again. They are born into the family of God. But what does it mean to be adopted as a son? That's the issue here. That's a good point. And in verse 17, he says, if we're techna, if we're children, then we're heirs on the one hand of God. Right. But that doesn't mean we're co-heirs with Christ. Right. In order to be co-heirs with Christ, we have to suffer with him. That we may be glorified with him. And it doesn't mean we're walking by the Spirit because we're children of God. Right. Only if we are acting as sons of God. Exactly. On these two verses here, I think it's very important to see that this adoption as sons is related to a believer who is a child of God who is now walking by the Spirit. He has been set free from the bondage of the flesh, walking according to the flesh and the experience of death. Now he is walking in the spirit and is experiencing life. I think it's important to recognize that what Don is talking about here is not just a problem regarding people replacing everlasting life with adoption, but they replace everlasting life with everything they can think of. 
they'll replace it with, if you receive Christ or invite him into your heart or make him your Lord and Savior or whatever they say, then you get the forgiveness of sins. They don't mention everlasting life. Or they will say, then you're saved, but they won't say this is a salvation that cannot be lost. They pick so many things that aren't found in John 3.16. I mean, where do we find adoption in the Gospel of John? Uh, That would be not at all. Never. So it seems to me that Don is getting the tip of the iceberg here. It's not just the people replacing the new birth or everlasting life with adoption, but it's everything under the sun because people have a problem with everlasting life. It doesn't seem fair to them that if a person simply believes in Jesus, that they have everlasting life that can never be lost. I mean, that seems, I mean, it seems so final. Right. (laughs) (laughs) One of the issues here is Paul using the first century Roman adoption where a person was adopted as a son when the father, whoever the father figure here is, is saying, this is the one who's going to inherit my business or or my wealth or something like that. And and when you have a baby, you don't know if that baby's going to grow up to be responsible. So there was a a formal event where he says, okay, this is my son. And, And I know we don't live in the first century, but maybe it would be, if we could apply it to our terminology, when you see someone who has grown up and they act like their father and we say, you can tell that's Bob's son. Yeah. Look at the way he acts. Yeah. You won't say that about a, a six-month-old, a baby, a child. You won't say that. But when that child grows up and is doing what the father does, they say, oh, he's a chip up the old block. He, well, yeah. how about James and John? Weren't they called the Sons of Thunder? Mm-hmm. That didn't mean their dad's name was Thunder, <laughs> right? Right. But they shared his characteristic of being a very powerful man, right. of being a decisive man. And I think that is the basic principle behind this adopted as son. You can tell that's Bill's son right there. And in Romans 8... Paul is talking about those who walk by the Spirit. If we are walking by the Spirit through Christ's Spirit, then Christ is seen in us. And the world can say, now there is one of Christ's disciples. Okay, and just a quick point. Walking in the Spirit is the opposite of walking in the flesh. flesh. And walking in the flesh in Romans, as in Galatians, is not the person who says, you know what, I want to be a drug addict. I want to be an immoral person. Walking in the flesh is the legalist. Exactly. Romans Uh, 7. He's looking at the law and he's saying, I'm just going to focus on all of God's commandments and that's going to be the sphere of my Christian life. Focusing on what I'm supposed to do and what I'm not supposed to do. And what does that produce? It produces death. You're going to fail in in the Christian walk. So walking in the Spirit means Romans 12, 2. Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Or Romans 6, 7, and 8. You consider yourselves dead to the flesh and alive to God. Walking in the Spirit is walking in the freedom that God has given us so that our focus is on our commander, not the commandments. Exactly. We know the commandments. We love and appreciate the commandments, but that's because we love and appreciate the commander. And so the adoption of sons here is the person who's walking by the Spirit and realizes that this is how I become more like Christ. Yeah, that's great. Paul also talks about in Romans 8, 23, It goes, we who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption 
the redemption of our bodies. It seems to me that what he's saying is that in the kingdom, this is the way we're all going to live uh-huh. uh, when we have glorified bodies. Even there, it's talking about how we're going to live. Okay. Right. It seems to me. Maybe we can start the next show wrapping this question up with the last couple of verses. But in the meantime, let's keep grace in focus. Thank you guys for that great discussion. Are you interested in finding other free grace believers just like yourself in your area? Well, you can do that by going to our website, faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On our website, we have a church tracker. It's an easy-to-use map that will help you locate those other Free Grace churches that might be in your area. So come visit us at the website and take advantage of our free church tracker. It's at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. There are a lot of costs involved in staying on the air. That's why we so much appreciate our financial partners. If you'd like to learn how to become one, You can find out more by going to faithalone.org. We would love to hear from you. Maybe you've got a question, comment, or some feedback. If you do, please don't hesitate to send us a message. Here's our email address. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. And on the next Grace in Focus, as mentioned, Ken and Bob will conclude their thoughts on adoption. And then there'll be a discussion about original sin. Please join us next time. This is the Grace Evangelical Society. Until next time, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.